Good morning, Mashi. Good evening, Dennis. I have a quote today about it's about child as opposed to every other podcast we record. Is, I was pausing for dramatic huh? emphasis. Oh, um, so my bad, my bad. It's about childhood and learning, and I think it's one that you'll agree with. Um, mm-hmm. It's a quote from um, George Santa Ana, who's a Spanish American philosopher, and it is: "A child educated only at school is an uneducated child." And I wonder what um what your thoughts are on school of hard knocks. What do you what do you learn on the streets? And I don't mean necessarily like those kind of those like like hard skills. I mean I, I like I, for me that quote talks to me about people skills, softer skills, learning to exist in the world is something you can't learn in a classroom. It's similar to what we talked about a couple weeks ago with um uh, mm-hmm. theory learning get you so far. Uh, I mean, it's funny that you go there uh, and I want to go there because I think we are particularly strong in soft skills. What I hear there is experience is the best teacher. Experience Mm -hmm. is the best teacher. And in so many ways, experience is the only teacher. Um, You know, when you have an education, and this is exactly what we talked about with theory only going so far, um, when you have an education from a book and you have an education in a very sterile, let's face it, sterile, controlled Mm -hmm. classroom setting. I mean, you're a professor, you know all about this. I mean, obviously, as we push it to the university level, hopefully we get away from that. But the reality is we never do. I mean, in law it's school, you that, never do. In university, you never do. I mean, Go if ahead. you use like, it's funny that we should talk about getting to university level. If you use science as an example, every, if you stick with science from your, from education, from a child up to university level, you are constantly told, all right, everything you've learned up until now is at best a gross oversimplification and at worst an outright lie. And especially with physics and chemistry where you get taught something in, and when you're a child and it's like, okay, nope, it's actually way deeper than that. You get to high school. It's like, actually, okay, nope, way deeper than that. You get to advanced stuff in high school. Nope. Burn it all down. And then college again. And then eventually I knew I hit the, like the cap when um I was in a lecture in college, it was in um organic chemistry. And they're saying, okay, this, how this works, this because of this, this is how this works because of this. And this is how this works because we don't know yet. And it's like, ooh, okay, I hit the, the, the ending of human understanding on this subject. And that's how you know you're sort of run out of runway in terms of learning. Um, but it's true that like the idea that you would hope as you get up there, as you get up to university level, you get closer to being able to prepare you for the real world, but nothing can actually prepare you in the same sort of like, for you know, no plans for us first contact with the enemy. There was so much stuff I learned in college, even studying radiology, that was not not only not useful there was so much more stuff in the job that i wish i could have learned that you that is just you're never going to find in a book i think that and i mean one of the things we're seeing now which i think is very interesting in terms of social media applications like one one of the i think main uses for some, for instance for like youtube and certainly the way i use tiktok um is how do you do something oh my and God. when you when you go to these areas where like there are people are shooting videos, it's not theory anymore. You're watching someone do it. And there is, it's just the best of like, rather than Google something and read a write up on how to do X, Y, or Z, I would much rather go to YouTube or TikTok and watch someone do it. Mm-hmm. And all the corners that are cut, all the practical stuff that you do, you know, they, they, teach you and imbue you and give me so much more confidence when I'm pursuing, you know, whether it's sharpening a knife or fixing a door jam or I had, it for, t- I had it for tying a bow on a present the other day. I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, you know, yeah. where like the, the strap goes on all four ways underneath. Sure. I don't know how to sure. do this at all. Like, I mean, I know exactly how to do it. I go, Hey, Clara, can you, uh, yeah, well, you, I mean, I, I was, the only reason this happened is because I was wrapping it for Nikki. That's ah, the only reason I couldn't. Ah, tell you. There you go. That's why, that's why. I mean, it's, 
I'm just reading this book right now. I mean, this, uh, you know, the, the CPA book, we, we started our conversation today with, and it's, it's so interesting um, thinking about one of the things that the, the protagonist in this book, he's writing about real life experience and, and launching a small business. He keeps going back to this idea that's like, my wife and I are highly educated. We're college educated people. We were success, successful corporate people. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. And I go back to that scene in Goodwill Hunting. Mm. Where you know he gets challenged the guy in the Being bar. This he's like, and a month from now you'll be spouting this and all that stuff. And, it, and, and what he says like at the end of the day you'll spend all this money at Harvard for uh uh you know an education you could have got at the local library and for a dollar twenty five and late charges or whatever it yeah. is you know what I mean. And it's it's the piece of paper you get means something you know I have them in storage you know for whatever it's worth I have a bunch, I have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar piece of paper I paid for but. What does it really amount to when you hit the ground running? Nothing. Here's Nothing. the thing though. So I, we live in a completely different education economies in that most people probably, go, a lot of people still probably still, still go to third level education in the States, but it's financially backbreaking, generally speaking. Whereas yeah. here, it's more or less free. You pay like 2,000 euro a year in fees and that's it. Jesus. Um, and there's, if you can't afford to pay that, there are plenty of schemes and grants to help you pay that. But, here, lots of people do degrees that are considered by many people to be not practical degrees, arts degrees, English degrees, literature degrees. The humanities, if you will. The humanities, right. The thing is, no matter what degree you do, what college does teach you is, hey, you have to do this thing by this time in May or whatever, and nobody's going to make you do it. You hit this real hard realization when you go to college that if you're, if you, if you're moving from living with your parents in high school, especially if you move out of home, no one's going to make you get up and go to class. No one's going to make you, you know, hand in your assignments on time. Teacher's not going to, professor's not going to call your mom and your mom's not going to yell at you. Nothing will happen if you don't do this stuff until the very end when you don't get that piece of paper, right? And then it's all on you and you're boned. So the level of personal responsibility it teaches, it doesn't necessarily teach you this person has everything they could ever possibly need to know about law. It's like, hey, this person has gone through this proper channel and we can vouch that they have tried and been diligent and hardworking enough to tick all of our boxes. Um, and that has value, I think, a lot of value. Not to mention all the soft skill stuff. You get exposed to all these different ideas, different kinds of people, people from different backgrounds, people studying different subjects, et cetera. But the accountability I think you have to have to get through to having a third level degree is worth something. And I don't know that that's the most efficient way to get that stamp on your, on your resume, but it is one that is widely accepted. I also think, I mean, I don't want to shortchange college. Um, I certainly don't want to shortchange law school. It's more specialized, obviously, than college was. But I think it I think it, it also teaches you how to learn something, how to study something, I, how to learn I, a topic, which, you know, frankly, it's when you've gone through university, when, you, you know, maybe you've gone through uh, further education beyond that, that becomes kind of second nature to you. Right. You know, like like, for instance, I'm 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 uh, I'm looking at, you know, maybe incorporating myself and trying to, you know, launch some businesses. And I have this stack of books right next to me. I'll I'll tell you right now, like this is the stack of books I ordered off of Amazon because the first thing I did was research a bunch of it, go to TikTok and YouTube, find a bunch of books on the topic. And now I'm reading those books. And that's just how I approach it. Am, am I taking notes? Not in the way I used to take notes in college, but as things occur to me, do I jot down an idea that I want to explore more on or, 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 or discuss more? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have a very, you know, 
set strategy more more they're way more methodical for how I want to learn a topic than I think I would had I not gone to university and law school. I think the default for a lot of people is let me find a book on the topic. Let me watch a video on the topic and and just hopefully this Dennis Straniak influencer knows what they're talking out, about. Right? So I'm just going to believe everything that they say. So I think there is a methodology to um, acquiring knowledge that you do get at a university education that you don't get largely because of what you're talking about there in high school, that the, the education is force fed to us. You're a passenger, right? Mostly. Right. Yes. In, 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 in university and, and in law school, it's still dripped out to us, but you must take the ball and run it with it. Yeah. And if you want to find success, at least where I went to um, not, not university as much, but certainly in law school, if you want to, if you want to get success there, you had to read more than just the, the assigned curriculum. Mm -hmm. You had to look at the footnote and say, what case is that referring to law school? What case is that referring to? What theory of law is that? And truly, um, you know, to, to excel in, in law school, at least in my experience, you had to explore those footnotes. And that wasn't assigned reading. That was just like, you know, see Straniak v. Scanlon, blah, blah, blah. Well, go see it or don't. It's up to you. But if you want to really understand what you're doing, you better go read that case. Um, so I think that there is a little bit of a, a how you learn. And I, I really want to emphasize how you learn. I think successful universities, successful professors, successful teachers teach you how you can learn. We all learn differently. You know, we all, I don't say we all learn differently. There's shades of how we learn. I like to read things. A lot of people like to take things in through audio. A lot of people like to take things in through video. I'm old school. I like to read and I don't like to read on my Kindle. I don't like when I bought a bunch of paper know, books, right? I bought a bunch of paperback books because I want to read. And because for some reason, when I'm reading something digitally, I don't take notes. I don't write shit down. If I'm reading it in paper, I'm like, Ooh, that's a good idea. Let me write that down. That's just the way I'm wired. Um, and you know, obviously I'm older, so I like having the paper under my, under my, um, my fingers, but I do think those two things are essential. Learning on your own does draw that accountability that you're talking about, but really it teaches you a thought process for learning and how to learn and how to educate yourself, which is invaluable. You know, the world will teach you that too. The problem is the way the world teaches you is grabbing a hot pot on a stove. That's how the world teaches you. That's, that's how experience teaches you. Experience doesn't teach you like, hey, follow steps one, two, and three. Experience puts you in there and all of a sudden you're grabbing a hot pot and you go, oh, okay, don't do that again. What do we learn right? here? Yeah. yeah. Something that I think that college teaches you um, a lot, certainly a lot of courses do. Um, and there's two reasons this exists. Almost all courses have some level of group assignment and there's two reasons. One is because it's much easier to correct um, on the on the back end. It's not you pretend, it cuts it all down. Uh, but two, it prepared, you're entering into an assignment with a bunch of people from a bunch of different backgrounds and expertises and strengths and weaknesses with a broadly aligned common goal with often wildly different levels of investment in achieving that goal and how much they care mm -hmm. about it. And there's no clear hierarchy. And you have to work together and figure out somebody's good at this. They're going to do this. Somebody's good. And one of those people is God, you hope is good at deciding when time the meetings are at and what you're talking about. And that is extremely close to how the real world works for better or for worse. Um, and let me tell you, as much as group assignments are probably annoying when you're in college, I know I found them annoying when I was in college. When you get into the real world, you're like, oh, this is actually a lot of what it's like in reality. Everything is a group assignment. What I told Cameron, my, my baby brother Cameron's going to nursing school right now. Mm. And he's got a group assignment and he hates it. Of course. And he's super frustrated with it. Uh -huh. And he thinks everyone in his group is an asshole who's lazy. And I was like, you want to excel at a group assignment? And he goes, yeah, I'm like, be the politician. Coordinate with people. Work with them. Don't get frustrated. Understand some people, they're not going to do their job. They're not going to do anything. 
figure that out mm-hmm. and then focus on the people who are going to do it. Don't, don't ostracize them. There's no, cause that's what I was like. There's no upside to that. There's no upside so to someone being together, lazy right? yeah. and yelling in their face that they're lazy. That is stupid. Just focus on the people who are hard workers and don't ignore the people who are not hard workers. And that sounds like the key to any group assignment, in my opinion, is to coordinate the group because you all want the same outcome. Just some of you are going to work harder than others and accept it and don't get frustrated. Yeah, by striving it for e- egality is, uh, is, is a who waste cares? of time. I agree. Who cares? Well, so-and-so is going to get an A, uh, but I'm going to do all the work. Are you going to get an A? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then who cares? Shut up and get your A. Let them worry about them. That's you like, that's I, what I was telling them. You and I are in a unique position. Unique position. Well, this is what I always did whenever I had a group assignment in college because um, everyone was like, okay, who wants to do this part? Who wants to do this part? I, and I'm sure you were the same, would always go, I'll present it. I have no problem getting up 100%. and talking about it. And everybody's like, done. No problem. Oh yeah. my God. Nobody kidding? wanted to do that. Nobody wants to do oh, that. I also part and parcel, you know, with that is I was like, uh, my my caveat with any presentation is like, I have to understand it. So like, we got to work together with everybody to, to make sure that, it, you know, I don't have to really understand. It. I have to understand like 2% of it to give a hundred percent presentation because I can bullshit it, you know, hum a few bars and I'll, uh, I'll fake it. It but, is interesting um, though, having them move to the other side of that grading group presentations and group assignments, you can tell. You can a hundred percent tell who's the dead weight when you guys when you're all up there talking. Hundred percent. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure because there's there's a difference, and, and you you saw this in law school because in law school there's a lot of like Mr. Straniak out of nowhere cold call. Oh yeah, give me pow. You can tell when someone's like he's got no effing idea, and you can also tell it's like, oh, he's about to shit his pants. He's so nervous, but he's read he's read the case. He's just about to. He's just so nervous. You know, you can absolutely tell when someone ha- probably has the knowledge. But is 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 just nervous. I've versus... had this before with classes I teach where um, students stop wearing red because I'll be like, "All right, red shirt, third row." Because I don't know, especially with the first week or two, I don't know everybody's names. You know, there's eighty students sometimes. Yeah. So I'm like, "Red shirt," and like, and I'm like, "All right, what?" And usually it's like group exercises where I'm trying to get people to like think of an example of an of an ad they've seen. It's not like bam pop quiz. There's, the questions I ask the group very rarely have wrong answers. Um, but I think it's important to try and, cause it's so, so difficult now, especially, and we've gone a little bit off topic here. We'll wrap it up in a second. Um, especially in modern classrooms, where everybody brings the laptops. It's so difficult to get people to, into the room with you. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's so, uh, that's so strange. I mean, look, I did it too. When I went to college, it's so strange, like bother getting up in the morning, going to class, sitting down and then not engaging. It's like, I had a, I had a professor. You're wasting I, money. Well, it's, I mean, I had a professor one time who was like, um, hey, I'm going to level with you. If you guys don't want to be here, don't be here. I get paid the same if there's an empty classroom. Only caveat is, if you don't ever show up, don't go emailing me in April being like, hey, this assignment's too hard. And I, at the time, was like, no problem. See you later. And he was, he was, he was, super, he was very, very honest, very, very chill. Um, but I don't understand people who come and then don't engage. That's always possible. How'd you do, how'd you do in that class? I got an A. You got an A? I think the... Um... And I'll tell you straight up. I mean, teaching has always been like, I always want, I've always had this idea of like retiring at a community and, and finding a community mm-hmm. college wherever I retire, maybe teaching like an intro to law class or something just for fun. I love you just watch the community. That's your current career path, by the way. That's exactly. Fun. Exactly. But I'll tell you it, it, in the, in the Mr. Scanlon, I wouldn't go by that. I'd go by Mashi classroom. It would, there'd be a seating chart and I would cold call you. That's how you do it in law school. And I think it's the best way. If you show up to class, and, and I would also fail you if you missed more than four days of class, but um, without letting me know, that's how we, that's how we run in law school. And it's just like, 
Yeah. If you show up, one, you're taking the class, you need to show up. And two, you got to be held accountable. And I think that that's just to get, I think you have to do it now more than ever to get people engaged. And I don't think I'm a particularly strict person, but I do think it's important if you're in class, be ready to contribute. And so it's like when it's Mr. Straniak, give me the facts of, you know, Paul's graph v. Long Island v. Long Island Railroad, which is a real case, um, which we would discuss if I were teaching torts, um, that you be able to do it. And that, that that was a real thing in law school. Every one of my classes, if you missed more than three classes, automatic failure, period. That was really first year more than second and third year. And mm -hmm. there was a seating chart and you would get cold called and you were expected to know the facts of the case and answer questions. Um, facts of the case, you had to know, period. No excuse. If it was like, do you think that theory of law is correct? How do you feel about it? That's like, okay, well, this is the learning portion. Let me engage. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me put up a fight here. Um, but you know, I, I think that all that's important because the classroom environment, if we're not, you know, the, the part where you get the real meat on the bone is the Socratic method, the argument, the push and pull, make your case to me. We're here, we're live. Tell me what you've learned and defend that. Now, obviously, I'm an attorney or I was an attorney by trade, and that makes a lot more sense. But I think that is real life experience. If you're working in a company and you have an opinion and you want to recommend something, be ready to advocate for it. Or if you think something's wrong and you don't want that position, you don't want to go in that direction, be ready to advocate for that. I think that's a very important part of whatever you know industry you're in. Well, Masha, I hope you go into your day and you learn more today than you ever could in the classroom. Although potentially it might be from that stack of books next to you. We'll see. Every... Every day is an opportunity to learn. And I think it's one of the things I try to reflect on at night. And I invite you, Dennis, and everyone to do this. It's like, just try to figure out what you learned. Because I think we're learning stuff every day. We just bypass it. So mm -hmm. look back on the day and just, just before you go to bed, figure out what that one, one or two lessons of the day was. And sometimes it's, you know what? I think 80 grams of coffee in the French press might have been a little too much. We'll go oh, the runway on that one. <laughs> Who knows? Advocate. Advocate for yourself. Advocate for others. So... All right, Dennis, have a great, great evening. Have a great morning.